This is James Walker, and welcome to Real Talk, Real People. This is the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people to hear what they have to say about the issues and problems we face as a society. Hello folks, thank you very much for joining us again this week. The conversation is about domestic violence and the horrible toll that it takes as it tears apart families. Can you imagine losing two daughters and a granddaughter because some man is filled with rage? My guest today is West Haven resident Karina Martin. She is the founder of Mothers of Victim Equality, that is a nonprofit group designed to help women victimized by domestic violence. And, folks, sadly, if anyone can talk about this disease, she can. I'm a strong voice against yeah. domestic violence and I believe other men should step forward and yeah. become a strong voice also. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened and why you decided to start your nonprofit group against domestic violence? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm extremely humbled and honored for this amazing opportunity to speak with you today. Um, I would have to go back to April 20th of 2013. Um, That is the day that my daughter, Alicia Wiley, she's a sophomore at Eastern Connecticut State University, majoring um, majoring in psychology and minoring in biology, got into a car of her boyfriend then of four years. And, um, Then I have to fast forward to April 24th of 2013 when um, an officer came to do a well check because Alicia had not been heard from since April 20th of 2013. That ensued a 24-day intense search throughout the state of Connecticut for my daughter, um, which tragically ended May 17th of 2013, but was not confirmed until 5-18, May 18th of 2013, that the remains, the partial remains that they found the day before was that of my daughter, Alicia. I, I, I just can't imagine what it must be like for you to recount that time. Even hearing you speak about it is just very difficult to listen to and imagine the horror that you must have faced during those months until you knew, and then, of course, once you knew. Well, I mean, good thing that you can't see me because I'm crying, but um, it's extremely, it's still extremely devastating because um, she had her whole life, you know what I mean? Yes. And um, we were going to have a doctor in the family, you know? She her she had her, her future all mapped out what she wanted to do and she wanted to be a psychiatrist and come back to the inner city to work with youth you know um and 
and give back to her community. And so to, excuse me, have it tragically cut short in in such a violent way. And, and, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't even good enough for this monster to murder her. He had to dismember her as well. Um, So that, that made it, it's like, why, you know, what, what for? Yeah. All because she didn't want to be with you anymore. I mean, what sense does that make? And so it, it left my family and I. It just it it just devastated us, you know. And, and there were so many things throughout the searches and and what we we had um, experienced um, leading up to that devastating day, May eighteenth. That, that gave us a lot of unanswered questions and, and there were so many concerns, um, you know, working with, within the judicial system in that capacity was something we've never had to do and I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, let alone my worst enemy, you know. And um, <clears throat> so, I'm sorry, excuse me. That's fine. And so um, we got together to 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 start our healing journey and um i was already on my own spiritual journey and you know throughout like midway through um general god had spoke to me and said that this was bigger than me and my family and when i heard that when he spoke to me i thought he was talking about once Alicia gets home, you know, it would be a journey working through her, you know, getting her mentally, um, um, well, building her up again. Yeah. And, 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 you know, getting her life, getting her life built back up. And I, I never thought even in the time of the searches that it would be, um, to form an organization, you know, um, where, we would talk about raising awareness about dating and domestic violence, educating and re-educating, um, eliminating the stigmatism and the misconceptions of what domestic violence is. You know, up to that point, I, I only thought domestic violence was just physical. I never thought it could be emotional and mental, psychological and financial. You know, I, I thought it was something so in your face that you would be able to know it, that it was happening. I never thought that it could be something so subtle that, you know, by the time you realize you're in it, it it's it's too late. You know, you're 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 completely engrossed in it. Or it, it's so that you're so engrossed in it that you feel like it's too late. In, in Alicia's case, it was too late because it did creep up. Here it is, you know, she, she's dating a nurse. She's dating someone who whose promise and in, in, in the whole premise of, of his career is to preserve life. So why would he take life, you know? So um, the signs and different things that... I'm looking back now that I did see that made made me feel skeptical about certain things. Um, they they were alarming, but they weren't red flags to me because again, I didn't know about the the other facets of domestic violence. You know, what were some of those flags that you now recognize? Well, 
looking back then that made me skeptical was was the isolation um how she would be on the phone um when we're at a family gathering and she would have to go into another room where it was completely quiet and everything because he didn't want her around her want all the noise around her or he didn't want her around us while we were making noise um the the way he was controlling her certain things she couldn't wear even when she wasn't around him her weight you know it it was little little subtleties like that that you know they, they they made me skeptical about why was he acting like this and and i i did which i voiced my concern to to Alicia and and so you know she's 20 she's in college she's she's a bright young lady and when you come off like a mama bear who's protecting her cubs it 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 makes for a very negative conversation you know what i mean right, exactly. um Right, because you know you don't you don't want to hear Mama telling you how to run your life at twenty. <laughs> you know what I mean, exactly. especially when it comes to especially when it comes to your significant other at that particular point in time. You don't so, want that at sixteen. <laughs> you know exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's like it again. Hindsight being twenty twenty, looking back now what I know now I, I would have used then, you know, not, not to be so pushy, not to be so motherly, but, but to help her paint her own picture as to what was wrong with the, 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 the things that I was saying that were wrong instead of her feeling like she needed to defend him, you know, and, and then turning even more of a blind eye to what was going on, you know? Um, so once, now, Once you get past that, you know, now it's like, ugh. But then it's like when you don't know, you do. You do what you know. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now, I understand. Now, this young man has been tried, convicted, and he's behind bars, and I'm assuming for the rest of his life. Um, We would assume so, but unfortunately... um. Last the the middle of this year, he put in for an appeal to the Supreme Court. So we're just waiting for that decision now. And meanwhile, other tragic events also took place in your life. Yes, unfortunately. Um, well, fortunately, after um, Alicia, my daughters and I, we formed a nonprofit organization organization called Mothers of Victims Equality or MOVE, Inc. And um, it encompassed what I was talking about, raising awareness um, about dating and domestic domestic violence, the signs, um, getting past getting past the scrutiny and the, and, and, and the misconceptions of what domestic violence was and who it, who it affects. Um, a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, she she must have been raised in a home where she saw violence or she was dating a violent person, you know, or, or a street person. And that's not the case, you know. And we wanted to bring those awarenesses, especially within the black and brown community, um, to, to alleviate those misconceptions and, and um, those stereotypes. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, Shaquanika Brody, she's the vice president of our organization um so she was very aware of um these heinously horrific you know um 
the things that can befall within toxic relationships. And, um, but with all that being said, in 2017, August 18th of 2017, um, unfortunately, my daughter Shaquanika was murdered along with my granddaughter, Myjaya. Oh my God. And um, she was, Nika was 29 and Myjaya was nine. And um, and this was done also by her significant other. This was done by her live-in boyfriend of almost six months, who she had prior relationships. She knew him for a while before they, you know, moved in together. And um, so she knew. She knew about the signs. She knew about searching and getting background checks, you know, she, she did all those things. Um, but unfortunately you, you can know, you can know how to react. You can know how to act, but you cannot control the reactions and actions of others. And <coughs> excuse me, when you have, when you have a monster that comes in, knowing that you're already broken and you're already devastated by such a heinously horrific um, murder to your sister to then turn around and, and do to murder you and your child, your innocent child. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it. I can imagine that it is. I'm sorry. Is, that's okay. No, it is. That is fine. I, 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 I really admire your courage. This is not a difficult thing to talk about the loss of a child. It's not difficult. I know I come from that situation, and I know when I think back to it, and I think about all the violence, and I think about uh, my mother, you know, it, it still is a very emotional thing to me. I certainly understand, and I can't imagine that anyone who would be listening um, would not understand and really feel your pain. You're listening to Real Talk, Real People, the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people. We're back with Karina Martin. And we're talking about domestic violence. She is the founder of Mothers of Victim Equality, a nonprofit group she has designed to help women victimized by domestic violence. Karina has been telling us about how domestic violence led to the murders of two of her daughters and a grandchild. What happened to this man um, who who took the lives of your daughter and grandchild? Um, he's now serving an 80-year sentence, which I believe is such a gross injustice to what he did um, because he came in knowing, you know, that we were already dealing with the devastation of Alicia's murder and dismemberment. And then to come in and not, you know, to, to, to do the same thing to my daughter and granddaughter is, is just, it, 
to get 80 years is, to me is just a gross injustice. Did he um, explain why he did such a terrible thing? Did he give a statement to the court or anything as to what would lead him to do such a terrible thing? At, at the time of his plea sentencing, he didn't give a statement then, but he did give a statement um, in court at one particular point in time um, where Nigeria's father had to be held back because of what he said. And he oh. said, well, you know, um, she just wouldn't shut up. Wow. And he was talking about my daughter. She just kept nagging me. Now, she was the vice president, right, of your organization. Yeah. And like you said, she knew the signs, she knew the yeah. danger. And that is the same that for a lot of victims, they know the signs, yeah. they know the danger, but they don't they don't leave. Why do you think that is? It's extremely hard. And in her case, she was. And and that's that's another thing that I have to point out. With Alicia, the same thing, too. She was leaving. She had ended it with him. But he had asked to see her one last time. And so we have to understand that leaving is the most detrimental time for a victim. You know, it can end up in fatality, first and foremost. Secondly... Leaving is not always an option, especially when you're dealing with emotional, in, in all retrospects, psychological, physical, emotional, mental, and financial. Sometimes, you know, we have to look at the situation of the victim and the abuser or perpetrator. And if the abuser or perpetrator is the financial supporter, if, if they're the ones that, that's holding the whole household together with what they bring in, um, or if even if the, the victim is working, but the, the abuser or perpetrator is taking their money, which is financial abuse in either retrospect, it's hard to leave. If you don't have money and you don't know anywhere to go, and, and a lot of times because this happens, uh, domestic violence isn't a, a rapid thing. It's not an in-your-face, abrupt thing. If, you know, as a, as a survivor yourself, you know, this happens over a period of time right. and it's a progression. It can start off real subtle um, and, and, and look so much like, oh, it's just cute love, you know, um, lovely ways of showing um, affections to a person. And, and so you get confused. And then the other thing is that the abuser and the perpetrator can make the victim feel like it's their fault. Like, or they're crazy, like what they're experiencing isn't what they're experiencing. So there's so many vital factors that we have to factor in when we're talking about why doesn't a person just leave. It's not that easy. And we need to understand that. And so we as family members, friends, um, even associates, what we can do is we can we can create a staircase for them, you know, and, and when I say a staircase, a way of building them up so that they can see the exit and they can see they can take each step for them to exit because um, it, it, the CDC says it takes seven, seven to nine times or seven to ten times sometimes for a victim to leave their abuser, you know, and then you got to factor in. We love these people. You know what I mean? 
and, and then you think that they're going to change. They promise to change. So there's so many things that, that come into play when we, when we talk about why don't they just leave. And, and then when you talk about, like you, from a, a child perspective, how can you leave when you're a child? Now, are these some of the things are, that you hope to bring to light um, through your group, Move, Inc.? to their organization is is yes is to bring is to not just educate but empower and engage um you know you 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 gotta you gotta be able to lift up the victims because they're so downtrodden and sometimes they feel like they're not even worth um anybody giving any 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 type of support or love to them because of this this is how their abusers or perpetrators made them feel they beat them so much to that they don't feel like they have life or that their life is worthy so we we teach how to empower and how to engage um the 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 the, the victim and even the abusers and the perpetrators because Think about it. In order to solve a, a problem, you can't just solve part of the equation and think you're going to come up with the solution. You have to you have to have all components of the problem in order to know how to have a right solution. So we can't just help the victims and don't help the abusers and the perpetrators as well, because all they're going to do is go on and create more victims. So we that's how that's what we mean by engaging is we, we not only engage the, 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 the victims, but we also try to engage the abusers and the perpetrators in a way that it's not going to affect the victim. Now, what about resources? Do you think there are enough resources in place for victims of domestic violence? <laughs> oh, that's a catch-22 question, Mr. Walker. <laughs> Why is that? You gotta get me in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. If there if there are not enough resources, there are not enough well, resources. Well, I, I I can't say there's not enough resources. I just think there's too many gaps in the resources. Let me put it that way. Okay. And that's what Mothers of Victims Equality, our organization, that's where we come in at, is because we're fillers of the gaps and we're we're building we're building bridges of those gaps. So where we see there's a lapse in in resources throughout national or state or city organizations and agencies, we say, okay, let let let's go in and let's do this. Let's do a workshop. Um, you know, we we have a, a program called Save, which is supplemental assistance for victims of dating and domestic violence, S A V D D. Um, and what that is is it it helps to um, support the victims from the time they 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 start their journey in the court system until whenever they feel like they're they're ready you know um and even then we still provide support so it's because this is a life's journey this is not something that just ends and stops or begins here and then ends there and a lot of organizations and agencies they they have timetables we don't have a timetable because domestic violence doesn't have a timetable especially the effects of domestic violence doesn't have a timetable so that's what we address the effects of the domestic violence in a non uh, a non-limited way and karina will share more of what she is doing to help victims of domestic violence when she returns here next week also joining us will be meredith gold she is the director of domestic abuse services at the ymca in greenwich 
and she will be here to talk to us about the impact domestic violence has on kids. You've been listening to Real Talk, Real People. If you would like to be on the show, have a comment about the show, or perhaps you have an idea that the show should explore, give us a call at 203-605-1859 or email us at realtalkrealpeoplect at gmail.com. And remember, start your Sundays with my column in Hearst, Connecticut newspaper statewide and start your Mondays right here at Real Talk, Real People. Have a good week, folks. We'll talk again next week.